0: You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian
1: Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, the newly married man who's sitting (laughs) across from me. So proud of you and so happy for you and Kara. But we're so excited because we're not talking about Scott today. We are here to talk about 2U Laundry and a really cool organization that was created right here in Charlotte. Um, the founders, Dan DeQuisto and Alex Schmerznak, um created this, and it's really neat because... Let's talk about laundry. You know, which day is wash day in your house? Mondays, Sundays, you know, or really when necessary. That's what my wife would say. Um, But our next guest on the Brand Builders podcast knows how you feel. And they haven't said so directly, but we figure they've probably had days they didn't feel like doing their laundry either. Um, but the difference is, is that Dan and Alex now do laundry for a living, sort of. <laughs> Their uh, startup to you Laundry does your laundry, wash, dried and delivered to your door the next day. It almost sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? But yes, it does. But it's so good that in four years, this Charlotte-based company has expanded and secured $6 million of investments to go nationwide. And we're so proud to bring on entrepreneurs of Charlotte, specifically that can support our region. But then when they go national and they can take that brand elsewhere and help others, it's really amazing. So thank you so much. We are here with Alex, and we're so excited to hear about your story and where you started, where you're going, and, and golly, what's next? So thank you for uh, joining us on the Brand Builders yeah, Podcast. thanks for having
0: me. Alex, man, awesome story, and we can't wait to hear more. So tell us a little bit how you got started and where this idea came from and all of that good stuff. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's usually the first question, whether I'm talking to an investor or an employee, like, how in the hell did you get into laundry and dry cleaning? Um, and thankfully, it's not some, some, you know, some sort of traumatic experience I had as a kid or anything like that. (laughs) You weren't thrown in a dryer as a child? I wasn't thrown in a dryer, (laughs) nothing like that. Um, For me, it actually started at uh, Wake Forest University. Um, So I'm from Minnesota originally, uh, ended up down in North Carolina by way of Wake. And I have a dad that's kind of one of those rough around the edges, grew up in Pittsburgh. His dad was in in the steel mining industry. Um, And so he had me and my brothers working when we were 12, 13, 14 years old, everything you can imagine. Um, and that didn't stop when we went to college. So I actually worked for another uh, student-run laundry and dry cleaning delivery business at Wake Forest called Wake Wash. And so this is how I get introduced to this whole crazy world of, of laundry and dry cleaning and ended up um, you know, just completely getting exposed to the idea that this could be a model that could scale nationally. And, um, so I, I worked for that group my freshman year, picking up dirty clothes from students' doors oh on God. Wake. Created off campus.
1: Ooh, that is, that's quite the job. I remember my roommate in college. I wouldn't pick up his stuff to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, some of the stuff we saw is... I, I don't even want to know. Probably can't say on yeah. this podcast. No, <laughs> oh, you probably, you can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. Enlighten us. <laughs> I
0: mean, you got kids that would be partying and they'd, they'd just throw up into their bag and then be like, all right, you guys can deal with it. They uh, wouldn't even go to the bathroom and it was just... Really? And then they, like, they think that that's okay. It's like, no, that's... There's human beings picking up your back. <laughs> like, come on, man. Dear parents,
1: teach your kids to be better people. <laughs> oh my God. First of all, I'll teach them to do their own laundry. Yeah. Uh, or you do your you laundry. But good for <laughs> yeah. you. No, 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 don't do that.
0: <laughs> good for you that they don't, right? That's awesome. So I, I worked for them and I thought, Man, this could work at Duke, Chapel Hill, Vanderbilt, all these other schools. And the guys that were running it were going to graduate their senior year. And I was the freshman when I was working for them. So I just started harassing them. Like, when are you guys going to sell it? What are you going to do with it? I want to buy it. I could see this thing blowing up. Um, And so they're like, yeah, we're selling it. Get a group together. Um, I had four grand saved up, which was not nearly enough money to buy it. Um, But I convinced two others to clear their savings account with me. Uh, We took out a loan for about 15 grand, unbeknownst to our parents at the time. Um, and bought this business Wake Wash our sophomore year for $32,000. Wow. Um, parents thought we were crazy. I kind of thought we were a little crazy, <laughs> uh, but we just believed in it so much. It became, I, I became more obsessed and focused on that than school itself. I'd be in class texting our employees, talking to customers. Um, and we ended up 10Xing the business, sold it for 10 times what we bought it for when we graduated two years later. So those college kids were like on top of the world. We just Big, you know, big uh, uh, jackpot we hit at the end, learned all this stuff along the way and thought I was done with laundry. Um, yeah. Moved down to Charlotte to do consulting at UI, um, and then saw two companies on the West Coast, Wash on Rinse, raise $30 million to go after the $40 billion laundry and dry cleaning industry um, with models that I completely disagreed with. So I you know, thought I got to do this again, quit my job at UI and went all in on, on 2U. Heck yeah. And that was when? 2016? Yep. So my, my last day at EY was December 4th, 2015.
1: Wow. That's unbelievable. First <laughs> off, how did you have $4,000 in savings as a freshman in college? <laughs> All that's those
0: amazing. jobs I was yeah. working for yeah, when I was dude. 12 years
1: old. That's awesome. I mean, that <laughs> hey, stacks up, man. Yeah, that's a true entrepreneurial spirit. And I think it's so neat. Everybody talks about college and, and do, are you really getting that real life experience? And you did. Like, not only were you going to class and getting a degree, but you were literally running a business... As what an 18, 19 year old. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really incredible. So, and a legal business at that. Yeah. (laughs) Good point. Good point, Scott. Um, Tell tell us how 2U works.
0: Yep. So, it's, I mean, I hate using this analogy, but for lack of, or trying to keep it simple, it's basically Uber for laundry. Um, You can pull up an app, you can text us at a a short code number, um, you know, saying pickup or or whatever, whatever it may be. um, And we'll come to your house. You know, that same day, pick up your dirty laundry or your dry cleaning, pick, uh, bring it to vendors or our own facilities, have it cleaned exactly to your preferences, um, and then return the very next day perfectly cleaned and folded or, or dry cleaning hung. The next day, man. And it's the uh, same price you'd pay going into a dry cleaner. So it's just like, why would you ever go in yourself? Really? You know, you, so there's no pickup fee, delivery fee, any of that? None of it. Wow. Wow. And are you just in the Charlotte region or... You beyond? what What's going on with your uh, service area, so to speak? Yep. So in, in Charlotte, uh, I mean, we go as far north as Lake Norman, uh, as far south as Weddington, Waxhaw, Fort Mill. I mean, so it's, a, it's like an 800 square mile uh, radius service area. Um, so we service all the Charlotte you know, greater area. Um, and then in January of 2018, we launched Atlanta as our second market. So we've got you know, a group here and a group in Atlanta running that city, um, and we got into TechStars, which is a global accelerator. So there's Y Combinator, 500 startups, and then TechStars is kind of like the the top three, It'd be like the Harvard, Stanford, uh, you know, Yale kind of for, for accelerators. Um, and we launched Atlanta at the end of that program, so we, we did that in July of 2017, and then launched Atlanta uh, soft launched fall of, eight, uh, of seventeen, full launch January of 18. Congratulations. Thank you.
1: Like, that's, yeah. yeah, that's wild. So first off, was, was Wakewash similar to what you're doing now, just more scalable? And tell me, was it what you learned in Wakewash? How did you take what you learned there and said, okay, we're going to go to a bigger market. We're now not going to be picking up throw up trash, you know, in bags <laughs> and all of that. You're going to be going to professionals, right? You're going to do something that they need their clothes to be perfect, whether that's a sweater, a shirt, if, if their wife's there a dress. How did you kind of take that from, hey, we're just going to kind of clean your clothes to now this is like a professional service. And and, and where like, what were the challenges in that? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, when, when I was at EY, I wanted to, I, I, I actually didn't want to sell Wake Wash. I was looking at this like, we're making money hand over fist. Why don't we go to Duke Chapel Hill? Uh, we talked to one school. They were like, hey, we don't want, you know, other off-campus third-party vendors getting access to our dorms and that's really key. You need to be able to go, and you don't want kids lugging forty pound bags of laundry across campus to some guy in a white box truck. This it doesn't work. <laughs> um, and so, once they said like a, a soft no or maybe the the groups, you know, the guys that I was w- was working with, were like, "Look, I want to go do my investment banking job. I'm going to go do my marketing at Coke job, and I don't want to be the, the the guy that held them back from that exit." And we had a good offer on the table, so we sold. Um, so when I was at EY, I kept thinking about this. Like, hey, this we left money on the table. I know this is big. Laundry is something that everyone has to do. Dry cleaning, 50% of people have to do. Um, and no one's figured this out. There's no nationally recognized brand. When you drive up and down South Boulevard or, or anywhere that you, you see, you, you see you know, chain gas stations, grocery stores, food, but you don't see a nationally recognized brand in laundry or dry cleaning. I just kept thinking about it. And I saw these two startups raise that money going after it with a model that I completely disagreed with. Um and told Dan, my co-founder, who I grew up with in Minnesota, actually, hey, this is how we're going to do things differently. Instead of being Uber for laundry, it'll be the UPS or FedEx for laundry. We operate on static scheduled routes. So we go, you know, in your neighborhood, we pick up 10 bags instead of, you know, to one house, back to the facility, next house, back to the facility. And that's what they were doing. I was like, that's silly. That's no way they can make money doing that. The second thing was targeting secondary and tertiary markets, so Charlotte, Atlanta, Raleigh, Nashville, Austin, instead of New York, Chicago, L.A., Um, which is both of those competitors were doing. And the last one was quality is incredibly important at this point. It's college kids are a little more forgiving. Um, (laughs) They're not as particular about how exactly things are folded and whatnot. Whereas these families, it's like, I want it organized by Susie and Timmy. And I want this detergent on these four items and this detergent on these six items. And it's very customized. Um, And so we've had to build that into the process. But the third thing was quality has to be at the core of our, our business from here on out and from the beginning. Um, and so we've had to vertically integrate we partnered with some awesome companies, Electrolux here in town being one of them, $18 billion appliance company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, helped us finance our first location here off of South Boulevard.
1: Now tell me about the locations. Did When you first jumped into this, were you partnering with, you know, other people that were doing laundry? I mean, did you just have to build your own, you know, brick and mortar? Like what was that kind of process? Because obviously you're having to, I would assume, rely on somebody and maybe kind of qualify them from a quality standpoint. Tell me kind of what were the challenges there? And then you just mentioned that you do actually have your own facility now. We'd love to learn about that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the first month, it's just so raw and gritty and gross. Like, I mean, Dan and I were driving. We were doing the pickups. We were getting the customers. We were doing the laundry at my apartment. Yes. We had had five guys living in a three-bedroom apartment in Uptown. So do the math. It means three of us had mattresses on the ground. Literally sharing a room. We would sleep next to each other basically, wake up, drive Uber for three hours in the morning just so we didn't eat too much into our savings. We also got our first customers that way because it's mostly bankers and consultants going uptown. And so we'd say, hey, here's a card, sign up. Uh, We'd do that for two or three hours in the morning from like usually 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. And then we'd go work on this for 10 to 12 hours and sometimes drive Uber again. And so we're literally doing all of it in the beginning, and then you start to get traction. All right, people want this. Wow, people are actually signing up for this. It's not just lazy college kids. It's actually you know, busy professionals, busy families, um, you know, working moms started to get wind of this, and they were posting on Facebook mom groups next door, and we just blew up organically in Charlotte. And um, at that point, we can't be cleaning it in our yeah. in our apartment anymore. <laughs> What's your water bill, like, water and power
1: bill, just drier, just running twenty four seven?
0: We, when we were doing everything, so I'm like, can you hand wash this? And we're like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> in I sink, like, this is, yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. sink you shaved in. in to <laughs> oh, so me, everything you got to do to be scrappy in the beginning. And then we hit a volume where it's like, hey, we got to, we have to partner with someone. And so there's a laundromat off South Boulevard called Spintastic that we went to and said, hey, look, we did this in college. We're growing like crazy. We're gonna bring you thousands of pounds a week, and they they laughed at us. Said, "Okay, like I, we've got we've been doing this for fifteen years. People maybe bring in you know two hundred pounds a week of wash dry full. You're not gonna bring a thousand pounds a week, but sure, we'll do a tiered pricing schedule with you." So we, it was like the first seven fifty, you get X. Then it was like a thousand, you know, fifteen hundred, whatever. We blew through all the tiers in two in like two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's and awesome. so it went from like ninety cents down to sixty five cents, and so we're like, all right, we, we got all right, we got some volume now. Let's keep going. Um, we hit a point with them where. They were just like, we didn't think you guys were gonna get this big this fast. This is a lot of overhead for us. We got to hire a whole team now. You know, a laundromat, if you think about it, is a passive self-service cash-flowing business. Those owners are in there 15, 20 hours a week, maybe. And now we're like, we need you here 40, 50 hours a week. We need you hiring 15 plus people, not one or two, like most laundromats are used to. And that's when we kind of we, we realized we need to take full ownership of this, at least on the laundry side. Dry cleaning, there's a, a whole established supply chain. But on the laundry side, we realized we need to do this ourselves because there isn't an equivalent wholesale provider. But what we noticed is laundromats generate 80% of their revenue Saturdays and Sundays. Monday through Friday, that equipment just sits there dead and underutilized. Um, And so we went back to the owners and said, hey, why don't we rent out your off-hour capacity? You can go back to 10 to 15 hours a week. We'll hire our own team to come in off-hour. We'll manage it uh, and own this process end-to-end. So we did that for about 10 months. Uh, one of my fraternity brothers, and this is crazy how the stars just like align on all these things that have to, to work out perfectly for I think businesses to get to where they, where they are. This guy who's my fraternity brother, his family's been in laundry and dry cleaning for 108 years. <laughs> <laughs> really? He was working in Raleigh, he had like a great you know, post-college big boy job. And his family, th- what's important about this is his family did camp laundry in the summer for all the camps outside of Asheville. And so they're having to do mass volume laundry, which most laundromats never have to do. And so he grew up around this process of trying to figure out how do we do thousands of kids' orders while, without you know, mixing them together, meeting their preferences, et cetera. And so he's like, I got this. Uh, let's go into these laundromats. We'll do X, Y, Z. And I don't know if you guys have seen the movie The Founder about uh, McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And when they're on the tennis court chalking out the layout, like how do we get burgers out in five seconds? We're in these laundromats like chalking things out with stopwatches, timing, how fast we can do things. Um, And over the course of eight months, we just perfected this process, cut costs 20%, quality shot through the roof. Um, And that's been the model um, up until we vertically integrated was we'd go into existing laundromats. They loved it because we'd generate revenue during off hours for them. We loved it because we could control quality. And most importantly, the customers would get a very high quality product consistently.
1: Man, that's cool. That's real cool. (laughs) So do you now still farm that out or you've brought... The process in-house on the laundry side. Yep. So on Did the laundry you?
0: side, that's this is where Electrolux came in. We had three of these facilities in Charlotte and we're just like, oh man, this is there's a lot of pros to this, but there's also a lot of cons. Some laundromats are gross and dingy and they're a thousand square feet, some are four thousand square feet, and the owner's great to work with. Um, but there's just more and more evidence we gotta we gotta own this thing. No one's there's no mass volume individualized wholesale provider for what we're doing out here to do this. So we can't outsource it and it's our core core competency is our product, why should we outsource it in the first place? Um, And that's when we just had our stroke of luck and right timing. Electrolux, North American headquarters is right here in town. They came to us and said, hey, we see what you guys are doing. This model is incredibly unique. We haven't seen anyone ever go after it in this this approach. Uh, We want to be involved. Why don't we vertically integrate? We'll de-risk it for you guys and finance 100% of the equipment. Um, Because that's what we were worried about is we can't raise venture capital and then go buy buildings with it. It's just the cost of capital is way too high. Um, and we're an early enough business that banks aren't going to lend to us either. So it's like, what do we do? We're kind of, our hands are tied. And then Electrolux comes along and says, hey, we'll finance 100% of it. That's incredible. Um, so again, so many things have to work out the right way. And we built this location, 6,500 square feet. And what's unique about it is that it's a retail laundromat as well as where we pr- produce all of our commercial volume for 2U customers. So Monday through Sunday, it's open to the public, it's a you know, lower income demographic. Um, you typically can't afford to you know, have their own washer and dryer. And so we flipped the whole model on its head. Instead of being this kind of grungy coin laundromat that we you know, are kind of treating the customers as second-class citizens, we went all in and built this just Starbucks-like experience for the laundromat where there's there's free Wi-Fi, there's an 80-inch TV in there, there's 15 other 40-inch TVs. So it's like a sports bar almost in there. Wow. Because uh, people are sitting there for two hours, you know, and, and you, you want to give them stuff to do. And a lot of them bring their kids. So there's a kid's play area. Um, and then a lot of those you know, customers that come in end up wanting to come work for us on the 2U side. So it's just this perfectly synergistic, aligned, community-driven business now um, off of uh, Arrowwood Road. And you know, seven days a week they're coming in, but Monday through Friday 2U shuts down about 60% of the footprint, and we use that to produce all of our delivery volume for our 2U customers. And so it's just perfectly balanced. Does that mean as you enter... To the Atlanta markets, that you'll sort of bring that same concept there? Yeah, exactly. So, we, we started building that in January, or sorry, June of uh, 18. Uh, so, we've been in it a, a little over a year now. And it was first, let, let's wait a year to see does this work? And within six months, the walk in revenue covered all the fixed costs. We actually own the land and the building there as well. So, it covers the mortgage on the land and the building, covers the note on the equipment to Electrolux, and then it cash flows enough on top of that to subsidize all of 2U's cost on that, on that side. So you have this just perfect model. So we're like, this is a no-brainer. We have to do this going forward. And, you know, in conversations now with Electrolux and another strategic about financing 100% of all future locations, because they're looking at us as, hey, they can crank out 50 to 100 of these and we can sell mm-hmm. as much metal and equipment to them as possible. Now, had, they,
1: had Electrolux been in the laundry business prior to this or?
0: So, yeah, they're but the second largest manufacturer and distributors of washers and dryers. Okay, globally. got you. Yep. Got you.
1: Tell me, so I think people listening to this are are fascinated that somebody can start a business off of a a college idea, right? And then also be able to partner with an industry leader like Electrolux. How did Electrolux find you? What would be your advice for somebody that's in the same situation that like, you know, you have to aim high, like don't think that a a large multi billion dollar corporation wouldn't look at what you're doing as an amazing idea, an amazing concept and something that they want to be a part. And like, for somebody that's in Charlotte, it's amazing that you can see a small business partner with a massive company and and then give you the opportunity to really live your dream, which I, I guess is now washing clothes. But t- <laughs> tell me, like, what would be your advice for somebody that that is doing that? Because I think there's a lot of people that would start a business and think that that's just like well, that's never going to happen. You know, we're never going to get to the point where we can raise enough capital. And I just think it would be be neat to see how that entire, you know, kind of process and relationship happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it starts with baseless confidence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it.
0: You have to an answer. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you find something that you just can't set down, you keep thinking about it, you keep thinking about it, just just go do it because the you're going to hate yourself t- 10 years if you don't. Um, and when I was going through this decision myself of, you know, I went to this good school. I got this good job. It's like, oh, you're at a big four. You're at EY. Why would you ever leave that? And my parents thought that. My close friends thought that. Uh, my coworkers. So like everyone's telling you, like, that, that's normal. You should stay here. Why would you go start a laundry company? That's, you're, <laughs> you'd be stupid to do that. So it's easy to get caught up in like, hey, this is what society's telling me to do. Um, but when you dig in a little deeper and you start to do some of the research, like I, I had to do exit interviews at EY uh, with partners. Like there's high level individuals probably making half a million, a million dollars a year. Like big dogs at EY there. And I have to go in and tell them I'm leaving to go start a laundry business. <laughs> um, and I was nervous. I thought they were going to, you, know, you know, not make fun of me, but kind of be disappointed. And of the three guys, two of them teared up, grown men teared up in front of me when I told them I was going to go do this. And they said, Hey, look, I, you know, I, I climbed this ladder. I'm you know, arguably towards the top of this organization, but it wasn't my ladder to climb. And this, one of my biggest regrets was not going and doing something like you're about to go do now will take you back in a heartbeat. If it, if it doesn't work out, you're gonna be more valuable to us then than you probably are if you stayed just two years and kind of went with the flow of everyone else. And that to me was the moment where it was just like, this is easy. That job will always be there. Um, and so like realizing that, I think, you know, talking to people that are listening now is just like, you can always go back to what you're doing. It's not going away. Um, and so that was the first part. And then as far as, you know, getting someone like Electrolux's attention, it's just, This is a a marathon uh, not not a sprint. It's a a marathon. I joke that consists of sprints though Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's always just like pushing to the next barrier and just trying to break through it Um, And I think if you break through enough of those barriers someone like Electrolux will start to recognize people will start to recognize and I think even now you know, there's people that didn't believe in us. They were naysayers at first that are coming around to like, hey, this is you guys are building something bigger. You've raised $11 million in total capital. You're in two markets. You've got 120 employees when it used to be five guys living in a three bedroom apartment doing the laundry in there themselves, you know? Um, and, and so it's just it's you got to trust the process for, for lack of being, you know, for, for being cliche. Um, but also, you know, one of the things that I I always thought about early on was that it's you got to be persistent and the, 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 the path to getting over here is going to be very different than you thought it would be. And you have to, has to, you have to be okay with that. Just continue to persevere and iterate to, to that point.
1: So when you got it's done with those, uh, those exit interviews, did you, did you call your parents and say, well, the uh, partners at EY are on board, <laughs> so I'm out of here. And if it doesn't work out, I got a job. Um, but no, props to them. I think that's a really cool story. I think it's, there's a lot of people that I get into the rat race and don't necessarily go and, and, and either start their own company or at least go and, and work in a company or a business that, that they love, right? That they enjoy. And, you know, that's one thing with me. I, I might not be an entrepreneur, but I got out of the rat race. I got out of the day-to-day that I hated. And now I do something that I love. And, and it's, it's such a big difference in not only your life, but your family life and going home and being happy. And it's cool that you were in a situation where you went to wake, you went to the big four, you you could have had the same path, right? But then you just said, "No, nah, I'm I'm going this direction." And and I mean, I I applaud you for that. I think people listening applaud you for that. I think it's amazing, and uh, it's it's a really cool story. Um, one thing that we're passionate about here at the Dunstan Group is working with nonprofits, charitable work. Um, I know that you guys have created um created something, and and we want to learn a little bit more about what Two U Laundry is doing, uh, in the community for charities. What are you guys passionate about? And would love to uh, to hear that as well.
0: Yeah, so our first year in business, and I remember mentors telling us you know, at the time, like, hey, look, like, you got you to gotta grow the business. Like, there's a million things going on, but we were like, no, no this, is, this is good. You got to, this is a hyper localized service. And so we, our brand needs to be local, relatable, and fun. Um, and so when we're thinking about that, it's like, what can we do to completely intertwine ourselves into the community? And the first thing we did uh, was this massive clothing drive. And somehow, again, we got the attention of like Steve Udelson and, the, and his Coats for Kids Drive. And we're not even nine months old yet. And they're like, yeah, sure, we'll partner with you. And like, I mean, that's a big organization. And he, I mean, this guy's won an Emmy and um, he's got his own. Steve's Coats has been going on for years. And he's like, yeah, you guys can be the, the, the logistics engine that goes and picks up all of our coats. And so we partnered with them. Um and we ended up collecting sixteen thousand pounds of donated clothes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Um, which we like we did the math and like how many outfits does that equate to? And it was like twelve thousand outfits for the homeless or the you know, the people that needed clothes, especially in the winter when it's starting to get cold. Um and that was just that was awesome. Um and it, it wasn't a ton of additional work on our and that's the thing, is like you can do so much without and I think a lot of companies and organizations don't realize that it's it's there's a way to make a huge impact without it becoming your company's core focus. I mean, it's easy for us to do, why not do it? It's our, I think, our social responsibility to do that. Um, Without going on too much of a tangent, I think it's like, if you look at history in general, the center of power used to sit with the church, right? I mean, it was was all religion, and so it was their responsibility to kind of give back to the communities that they're in. Then it became, you know, government. And I think now, today, the power sits in businesses. And so it's businesses' responsibility to do these things when they can, when it is aligned to their already existing offerings. Um, so for us to go to houses and pick up donations, we're already going anyway to pick up your, your clothes anyway. Just leave out another bag of clothes and we'll get it in the hands
1: of the right people. So do you have like a like a donation bag, kind of like like Santa's bag? You know, it's like red. and <laughs> That's leave it a good there. question. Um, no, I'm just kidding. You guys have really cool colors, obviously blue and pink, uh, which is which is neat. But is that kind of how it started? You're like, hey, if you guys want to, to donate some clothes, we'll bring an extra bag. And people can literally just take them from the closet that they're not wearing them anyways and put them in a bag and then it's done.
0: Exactly. Amazing. So it made it as easy as possible. And the thing that's crazy is we, we launched a loyalty program last year and we surveyed our customers religiously. Like what are the things that you'd want if you were a loyalty member? What new, what new preferences would you want? So like customizable, you know, water temperatures, extra little uh, you know, bags for kids. So it'd be easy for you to put your, your kids clothes away. All these things. And then there was an other option that they could fill in. of people went in, we didn't even make this an option, in the other category said, I'd like complimentary clothing donation pickups regularly. Just on their own. It's like people want to do good. And I think it's people, You know, I don't want to, do I go to Goodwill? Do I go to Salvation Army? I don't know where the right place to go is. I have to spend the time going there. It's just, we make it as frictionless and as easy as possible and can get it to the people that we know need it most versus going to the organization that happens to be closest or most convenient for me.
1: Can you explain hmm. that? So th- that is, that is me in a T, right? Like I, I literally was looking at my closet. I was like, I got to get some, rid of some of this stuff, <laughs> um, but I don't know where to take it. And it's like goodwill. I mean, uh, Salvation Army, uh, like I, I mean, granted, I would love to be able to partner with a local, you know, community or local company like you. So who do you guys specifically take that to? Is there just one company or have you partnered with a bunch of them?
0: So there's a handful. I mean, there's, there's definitely anchor kind of nonprofits. That yeah, that's partner I mean. with. So like crisis assistance ministry, for example, Um, I we love their model. We, we, you know, vetted out a number of nonprofits. I just felt like this was the one that was, you know, the closest to the end person in need. Um, and so there's less of the value taken out along the way, if that makes sense. It's going directly into their hands without a lot of them having to pay money for the clothes. And so they're getting it immediately.
1: That's fantastic. Super cool, man. Super cool. What are your plans beyond Atlanta?
0: Yep. So we, the six million that, that you just mentioned, um, we closed on a series A to go launch the next three to five markets. So we're launching Raleigh in January. Uh, we haven't officially announced that yet. So I think this is actually like the first place we've, we've said it. Look All at right, that. Right,
1: there we go. <laughs> we've made it, Scott. We're now dragging
0: secrets out we've, of him now. <laughs> the Brand
1: Builders Podcast has made it. We're now an announcement center. That's fantastic. Well, congrats. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So we're launching Raleigh in January. Uh, we're actually hiring for the roles there now. Um, and then we'll probably do two other markets next year, looking at Texas, um, whether it's Dallas or Austin.
1: What does your customer base look like right now, specifically, let's say, in Charlotte? I mean, how many customers do you have? How, how rapidly are you growing from that perspective?
0: Yep. So there's about 2,500 monthly active users in Charlotte. So we, we count a monthly active user as someone who's placed a unique order in a given month. Um, you know, We probably had 8,000 people sign up across Charlotte and Atlanta, but 2,500 are, are active every month in, in Charlotte.
1: And I, I just downloaded the app. Super easy. Uh, everybody should go and uh, go to your app store and do that. Um, is there and, and and pardon my ignorance here, but is there? You could be a monthly user. You could be a one-time user. What's the what? What does that kind of look like from that from that standpoint?
0: Yep. So I mean, we've tested every kind of pricing methodology yeah. under, under the under the sun. Um, where we are today is laundry is charged per bag so you know you're getting into there's no per pound charge where you're like i don't know what this is going to cost me eighty dollars twenty dollars i have no idea because what does a pound of laundry look like yeah no, right no, no yeah, one knows I'd, that yeah. i don't think i've ever weighed my laundry <laughs> yeah. like, so you have this pile yeah. and, and there's anxiety immediately it's like is this pile going to cost me more or less and so it's 35 dollars for a large bag which is three to five loads um you can stuff that bag as full as you'd like yeah you okay. know, so there's no, what's the I, heaviest I, bag you've <laughs> gotten This is crazy, but there was someone who took shirts and, like, rolled them oh compressed them and lined lined <laughs> the bags you know and, and like this like weaved it in and it's like that had to have taken more you time than do doing own laundry. yourself like, but, but no throw up right. No yeah. yeah no throw up 232 pounds of laundry you know, I did it I was like I can't believe this person I mean props wow. to that man I thought yeah, yeah. you it's got ton, some stories oh just man people are crazy so that is so funny <laughs> but no so, so it's it's flat flat rate for the laundry 35 for large 25 for small and then dry cleaning is the same as what you'd pay going into your own local brick and mortar only we pick it up and deliver. It comes back the next day. You don't got to deal with going there. And if you got stains, certain things, you can just take pictures of them. They go right through the, the app or through text, and it's mirrors you going in yourself. Only you don't have to go. Wow. That's amazing. What's the uh,
1: what's the strangest or weirdest request you've had from like a clothing standpoint? I'm guessing you get wedding dresses and things, but I'm yeah. just just throwing you a random right now. I mean,
0: so recently we had someone. So we have a, a hang dry bag that's ten dollars. You can put in, you know. Le- leggings, undergarments, etc., And usually people put like five or six items. So we got to wash and hang dry it. Uh, recently, someone put just one pair of boxers. <laughs> <laughs> it's $10. I'm like, you want... You just buy another pair. But- <laughs> That boy wants
1: some clean draws. Usually, people
0: fill the back because it's again same as the other ones. Fill it as full as you want. It's
1: ten bucks. Oh man, the the holy draws from that man. Yeah, (laughs) special, special. I guess. Oh my goodness. I've got so many comments on that. we will leave it alone. (laughs) Well, Alex, this is great. I mean, you'd mentioned different you know markets that you're getting into. I can imagine you know looking back when you were a freshman working at you know wake wash and, and to now it's. It's probably kind of crazy, um, but where where do you envision this company being in, in five to ten years? And, and what's kind of your overall goal is? Is laundry going to be going to be the family tradition here starting uh, in two thousand twenty?
0: Yeah, so I think I mean, the, the the title of this podcast is perfect. It's like, I want to build a nationally recognized brand in this space that's never been done before. And so for me, in five years, if we're in thirty plus markets across the U.S., and this is something that you've got family and. Minneapolis, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I, I'm using Two U," and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like I talked to that guy. You know what I mean? Like that would be, yeah, you know, that's the dream is getting to that point. And then you know, if we can layer on additional services at that point, clothing resales, one of them. Um, you know, leave out your bag of laundry, your bag of dry cleaning, your bag of stuff you don't want anymore. Whatever's of value, we'll sell it for you and give you X percent in cash or X percent in Two U credit, or whatever's not of value, we'll clean and donate to um, you know, these local organizations that we're partnering with. So I think there's a lot of kind of add-ons that we can do. Um and then at that point do you sell it to a P&G and P and or a Unilever or Electrolux um or do you continue to keep going um so I think that's that's the focus of the next you know 3 to 5 years is to get to as many cities as quickly as possible
1: That's awesome Are all five of the originals are you are you OGs all still rocking and rolling in the laundry business
0: Yeah so the um so the five guys that were living there some were just kind of friends and oh, roommates um <laughs> so there but there were four of us originally and I I think you know, this, there's always, that, I think that early founder, I don't want to say drama, but like falling out. Um, it wasn't even a falling out. One guy was just like, my family owns like a regional bank and what, what am I doing? Getting into a laundry business. So he like in two months was like, Hey, look, you guys got this, like, good luck. Another guy was like involved for like a week and <laughs> he was at UI with me and he's like, I'm on a project in Miami now for like five months. It's so, like, so I'm not gonna be around. Like all right, well, so we'll just work on it, and you yeah. probably don't want to work on it. Anymore. Yeah. So it wasn't like it wasn't like as bad as some people make it sound, but I you know Dan and I are we in this completely, and until we get to those thirty plus cities, that's amazing. awesome. Congratulations, man. What a yeah, cool story. Thank so you. So cool. Absolutely.
1: Now, before we uh, before we get off here, obviously, we want all of you guys to uh, to like and comment and share the podcast. Definitely go and follow to uh, you Laundry. Before we let you go, what is the easiest way to sign up and what's the easiest way for, uh, for people to get in contact with you and follow the story?
0: Yep. So yeah, just go to uh, 2ULaundry.com. That's the, the number two in the letter U, Laundry.com um uh, it takes less than 3 minutes to sign up you can have completely custom preferences detergent softener hang dry for delicates you name it we do it um you can use my promo code alex20 to get $20 off your first order whether that's laundry or dry cleaning
1: look at that 20% off boom honey dollars <laughs> off honey you're yeah. going to love me when i come home today <laughs> we're not going to do laundry anymore Just picked up a couple new customers <laughs> yeah. i mean guys li- guys and girls like this is amazing you guys should definitely utilize this service it's so annoying to try to take all of the clothes. I literally have a pile. Of my dry cleaning. And when I go into my dry cleaners, I almost don't feel terrible. I'm like, oh yeah, I just brought 27 shirts and like five <laughs> suits. My my dry cleaning bill is like $220. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll be back next quarter. You know? um, <laughs> and i yeah, or whatever. And, and my wife's probably looking at that pile, like, that's things never going to the dry cleaner. So she's gonna be super excited. But what a what a cool idea, what a cool thing that a lot of people don't like to do, and you can take that off their hands. Um, it's so neat to see a young entrepreneur being great, man. So Alex, congratulations on what you've done. I know this is just the beginning. Um, thank you, Electrolux and everybody that's helped, uh, you know, found this and or fund this, excuse me. And, uh, and we're looking to forward to following the story, man. It's always so cool to see a Charlotte company, you know, go nationwide and, and you guys are definitely on that path. So uh, thank you again for, for joining us on the Brand Motors podcast. And, and we really do appreciate you sharing our story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And um, we're looking forward to building, hopefully, one of the first big you know, business-to-consumer wins for for Charlotte. yeah! I love it. Rooting for you. Thanks, Al. Thanks Appreciate it. it. Nice Thank, you. Sure. Thank you.
1: You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group, with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.